Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the Pace and Space podcast, where we're trying to give you more podcasts, more basketball, more life. Once again, this is your host, Calvin, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Leif. What's going on, Leif? Man, everything is awesome. How's things going with you? Everything is awesome with me as well. We should break out into that Lego movie song, Everything is Awesome. Everything is awesome. Okay, yeah. There you go. So this is what we're trying to tell you. We're doing a lot of things for you, giving you some musical interludes, all of that this week. So we got to talk about some stuff that happened in the NBA and some stuff that happened not necessarily in the NBA, but kind of in the NBA. And, you know, one of those things, let's just get right into it, is LeVar Ball. He's the talk of the town. Everyone's talking about him. Everybody's talking about the things he's saying and what became a real hot topic over the last week or so were his comments that were directed kind of directly but kind of indirectly at LeBron James and his kids, how he was of the opinion that since he was not a professional basketball player, his kids were in a better position to succeed as they try to become professional basketball players Whereas someone like LeBron James' sons are at a disadvantage because they have the pressure of trying to live up to their father's legacy. Citing the Michael Jordan kids, for example, as why he believed that way. Believed that to be the case, rather. And LeBron didn't take too kindly to LeVar talking about him and his family. Basically, he said, keep my kids' names out your mouth. And that got the media up in a tizzy, as it will, because LeBron said it and because LeVar is really riding his 15 minutes of fame this past couple of weeks. So so what were your thoughts on this whole situation with the LeVar Ball comments and all of it, what's going on with him? So where should I start? Should I start talking about LeVar Ball and his comments about LeBron's kids or... I mean, you could start wherever. There's so much to choose from that he could be yeah. Jordan one-on-one. I mean, <laughs> that his son is already better than Stephen Curry. I mean, he says a lot of things. You know what? At first, when I first heard these comments, my immediate thought was like, look, this dude just needs to shut up. <laughs> he just needs to stop. Yeah, especially when you're, you're at a game and you're sitting there talking about your son's better than Curry. You're talking about... You know, you can be Michael Jordan. You can be Barkley. You're, you're putting bets out there. So immediately I was like, all right, this dude got to chill out a little bit. What, what are you talking about? And I do agree with LeBron. You know, let's leave his kids out of it. Don't talk about his family. LeBron's very protective of his family. We know that. Um, so I guess he's like, look, if you want to say anything, say it about me. I don't care what you're saying. Just say it about me. So I'm all cool with LeBron saying that. I mean, I don't think he meant any ill will. I just think I don't either. Just, I, I just think he got on a roll of talking. A question was asked of him, and he just started talking. And, mm-hmm. and we know how he is. Right now, he's just a guy who just wants to talk and talk. And and everyone loves it because they keep putting a mic in his face. Yeah. You know, he was on first take. You know, He's on all these, these stations. Right. People just want to hear him talk. They're so. giving him the platform. Yeah, if you give me the platform, I'm going to say. I mean, he's a businessman. Clearly. Clearly, he's a businessman. He's in, yeah, the, bus- yeah, he's in the business of selling his kids so that they can make a lot of money. Yeah, it, it's clear. I mean, 
I gotta admit that 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 logo he has is pretty pretty cool. I like that logo, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> but he's all about his sons. He's promoting his sons. He's setting his sons up for the future. He got them all going to UCLA. He he's doing a lot, and I think he's trying to build his brand. It's very strategic when he decided to start all this talking, and as long as his son lives up to it. This is going to surprise you. I don't mind it anymore. It's fine. Let him talk. In the beginning, I hated it, but it's kind of entertaining. It's, it's been a, it's been pretty quiet in the in sports and basketball per se outside of March Madness. But I don't mind it. Let him talk. You know what? It's never bothered me personally. Uh, the guy, like you said, he just likes to talk. And now I understand LeBron got upset because his kids were mentioned. But like you said, I don't think he meant any ill will in his statements. He was just saying this, what he thought was a matter of fact thing to bring up. You know, he was just he was just saying it like it's only logical to conclude that since this man LeBron is an NBA player, he plays 82 games a season. They're on the road. You know, your kids are playing their junior high, high school, whatever grade level they're in games. At the same time, you're in your NBA season. It's going to be very difficult, if not impossible, to be at all of your kids' games. So he wasn't trying to say that LeBron was a bad father or question his parenting or anything. He was just saying something he thought was matter-of-fact. But... Even when you think something may be matter of fact, when it's about another party, you never know how that party may take it, and LeBron took it personal. So that was that on that end. Well, I think he had to say something. I think he got annoyed with the whole, you know, again, again, it was attacking his legacy. And I think that's where it really... You think so? You think it was attacking his legacy? You Anytime... Anytime someone starts mentioning LeBron's name and they say something about his family or their son being the next that person, you're going to get some kind of rise out of LeBron. And I think this is what that well, was. Of course, of course. But I don't think LeVar was actually attacking LeBron's legacy. I think that's how LeBron took it. Because, like you said, right. if you talk about LeBron and you talk about his achievements or anything like that, he's going to feel like that's an attack on his legacy. You know, LeVar didn't say, hey, LeBron's kids are trash. He didn't say, you know, they're never going to amount to anything. What he did point out is that they have a higher bar to clear, which is more pressure, which affects greatly the chances of success of his kids versus him who didn't do anything in pro ball and didn't even really do much in college ball so his kids don't have that bar of trying to surpass their father he just passed on the knowledge he had in in the when it came to the sport and what they can do to succeed and you know they they have a talent level that that he didn't have or they've had the opportunity that he didn't have and he's helping them succeed with it so, in, a, in other words, he could have made that statement without having to talk about LeBron or his kids. But 
being right now, he has his 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to make that statement because, of course, he is right now the Kim, the Kardashian of basketball. Yeah. That's what they're doing. You know, yeah. I mean, cause some ripples, make that statement, and now someone has something to say. And guess what? Again, you go into ESPN, you go on Bleacher Report. Mm-hmm. What are the what are the first articles? LeVar Ball Ron has a LeVar Ball. Yeah. Sometimes I can't even remember which son right now is in UCLA right now. But you know <laughs> what I do know? I know LeVar Ball. <laughs> well, as a Lakers see... fan, I definitely know who Lonzo Ball is because I'm hoping that he ends up on the Lakers. You know what you know what I'm saying. You don't hear you you hear Lavar you hear about Lonzo Ball because of his play. You hear about Lavar because of everything he's saying. Oh, of course. But you know what though? He Moran wasn't the only person he spoke about in those comments. He spoke about how Steph Curry has been able to be this great player because his father wasn't this NBA superstar that he had to try and surpass. See, I, think, I, and, and I, I haven't heard that. any comments about Del Curry. I haven't heard any comments from Steph Curry about this. The only thing Steph Curry was just like, okay, yeah, all right. You know, Which is how you should approach anything LeVar Ball says. But I think in this instance, LeVar Ball challenged grown-ups. He challenged people who can say something. He challenged Del. He said something about Del Curry. He said mm-hmm. something about... Curry, Stephen Curry, he didn't say anything about his his kids, and I think that's what LeBron was like. Well, dude, Steph dude. is Dell's kid. No, but but he what twenty eight years old. He has a mouth. He can speak for himself. You can't talk about Bronny and say, "Hey, yeah, Bronny, you know what? You're not going to be successful because your dad is great." But that's not what he said, though. That's, That's not what he said. He he, but his, he made sure not to say that, and all he was he trying made to sure do not to say that. Yeah, he he brought up a popular name in a way to compare his his family and himself because he wants his kids being spoke about spoken about in the same breath as a player like Steph, as a, like a player like LeBron. That was his whole goal. That was the whole goal in the conversation. That was the goal, but Le- you know, LeBron's like, "Look, I don't want anyone talking about my kids, man. Don't let's not open that up." Which he has Especially- a right to say, you know yeah, what? That, You're that, a dad. That, I'm a dad. We don't want people talking about our kids. Yeah, you can talk all the trash. LeBron said you can say anything you want about me. I don't care, but just don't talk about my family. They have nothing to do with this. You know, I don't care. like. He's like pretty much saying, "I don't care if you want to build your brand. I'm all for you building your brand." I mean, look, LeBron built his brand. LeBron built his brand. He knows a lot about building brands. In high school. Exactly. He built his brand in high school. He's building his brand right now. He's very calculated in his moves. So I don't think he had any problem with anything that LeVar Ball has said up to this point. The only thing he said is don't talk about my kids. In any in your analogies, don't use my kids as a way to build your brand. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is fair. Which is fair. Definitely. Now, I mean, this goes back to how I feel about it. I feel like LeVar Ball is only going to go as far as people let him. 
he says a lot of things. He speaks off the cuff. He doesn't have any remorse in anything he says. But at the same time, he has been given this opportunity, and he's doing his best to make the most of it. But you know how all of this goes away? If nobody pays any mind to any of the crazy things he says. You know, if he says, oh, I can beat Jordan one-on-one. If everyone said, well, that guy's crazy, and just kept going about their business, we're not still seeing LeVar Ball on all these talk shows. But because we need to dissect and address this matter, like it is inconceivable anyone can say anything like that, this is how we get him on all these different talk shows, on all these shows on ESPN. And the mythos and star of LeVar Ball is just going to continue to grow because these people are feeding it. He's only going to be as famous as people allow him to be. And once he says something that people just don't care about anymore, he's going to go away. And some people say, oh, you know, teams are going to have to watch out about drafting Lonzo Ball because they have to also inherit his father. You know what? If his son gets a nice contract with, you know, as the first or second pick and his son gets a nice shoe deal and he gets a he gets a a legit agent covering him for his NBA contracts. You think LeVar Ball is going to keep talking? Yeah. Well, he still got two more kids, right? Well, (laughs) but but do you but do you know what his his game plan is? He wants a family shoe deal. I know. He wants a family shoe deal, so he's like, "You want? We're gonna get all three, but and he wants the money up front. But logistically, you can't get that until all three of your kids are eighteen. So well, Lonzo's going to the NBA now. If if Nike or Adidas or Under Armour says, "Look, look, look, I can't talk about your other kids; they're still in high school, but I can give this son a lot of money." You think he's going to say no? Of course not. That's my point. So, it's all much ado about nothing. He's going to go away. He's not the first crazy parent of an NBA player. He's not the first crazy any type of relative of an NBA player. And they have their moment in the sun, but they go away after a while. They go they go away. Um does he go away? And at the same time, he's just talking know. crazy. It's not like he's about to hit Jason Terry in the middle of the game like LeBron's mom almost did in a playoff game. It's not like he's going to be in the in a, in the locker room area ready to help his son fight an NBA player like does Christie's wife did that long time ago. So he says crazy things. Okay. What do you want to do? Do you you can either you can keep getting up in arms about it, or at the end of the day you can say you know what that's just Lavar being Lavar, and then it just kind of goes away. Uh, the way the way I look at it too is that he's kind of taking the approach of let me talk about my kids. He has full confidence in his kids, and mm-hmm. to me that's great. I mean, he's actually taking a lot of pressure off of Lonzo right now too, if you think about it. Because he's taking all the attention on himself. He exactly. has a tough matchup. He has a tough matchup coming up. I don't know how he does with that, but he's taking a lot of pressure off of him by putting it on himself 
Mm-hmm. But the pressure is going to go on him with all this talk of how good he's going to be and how he's better than this. When he steps on the NBA court, everyone's going to be looking at him. And yeah, yeah, but it's not like Lonzo's yeah. being oversold either. The only reason people are listening to LeVar Ball is because of how good Lonzo Ball is in the first place. Right, right. He's he's good. And and if he goes to LA, I mean, goodness gracious, think about it. I mean, yeah. you got your you got your son playing at UCLA, you that you got your son playing on the Lakers. Whew. I know, it's it would be the dream scenario. Yeah, he that, right now Lonzo Ball is in a great position because think about how often do you have a situation where Boston, the Lakers, the Sixers, the Knicks, you talking about big markets. Yeah, big markets all have the possibility to draft him. So you're not worrying about getting picked and getting sent to Denver. You have an opportunity to go to a big market, and that's exactly what LeVar wants. Yeah, and of so, course. Because that's where the money's going to be. Mm-hmm. you know. And so it's a good opportunity. Hey, who knows? Maybe he does end up in L.A. Um, honestly, to be fair, I do want to see him in L.A. I know you wouldn't expect me to say that, but <laughs> I do. I do. Granted, I want the Sixers to get the second and fourth pick, but I do, if if they don't, I want to see Lonzo in L.A. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. And like you said, they have a big matchup tonight. We're recording on a Friday night. It's going to be UCLA versus Kentucky. It's going to be a rematch from earlier in the season. UCLA uh, slightly got the they they slightly had the edge over UK in that game. They won 97-92, I believe. It's a lot of top prospects in that game. You got Lonzo Ball, you've got DeAndre Fox, you got Malik Monk. Three of the top six picks probably are gonna be in this game. So that that's pretty amazing. It is, it is. And and based off of what I've read and what I'm seeing, the best player on the court tonight will be Lonzo Ball. That remains to be seen. I mean, Fox is a really good defender, so he may he, he had ball struggling a bit the first game. He didn't score that well, but he he picked it up on the other, all the other areas of the floor. You might see another game like that from Ball, where maybe he's not having his best score at night, but he gets the rebounds, the assists, some key steals, you know, things like that. We'll see. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna be. Peeking at the game, seeing what's going on. I'm, I'm curious. Me too, for sure. So, but one thing we do know is none of those guys will be resting tonight. But. Yeah, you sure about that? Yeah, they're not resting tonight. But. A, nas- a national television game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would rest at a nationally televised game, right? Well, let's see what we have. We have for the past two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So there's been a big talk about rest in the NBA lately, and the reason this is becoming a hot topic is once again LeBron is involved. Last Saturday, the Cavs went to LA to play the Clippers on one of the 
new Saturday night primetime games that come on ABC this season. This is a new thing that started this year. And the NBA is really hoping that this becomes a big thing. They want these Saturday night games to really take off. They've tried their best to make sure that the best of matchups tend to be on these, excuse me, tend to be in these Saturday night games. I mean, if anything, I think the lineups have tried to do that better even more than the Thursday night or Sunday games, if if I could say that. And so Cleveland came in that Saturday, and I believe right before tip-off, Tyron Lue told the media that LeBron, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love all would be sitting out that game. And, of course, there was an uproar on Twitter, on social media. You know, there was blog articles about it. There was newspaper articles about it. A lot of words have been said about this issue. And it got to the point where now Adam Silver is saying that there may be significant penalties for teams that rest their players especially on nationally televised games. Leif, <laughs> do we have a rest issue in the NBA? Oh, man. Do we have a rest issue? I think we, there should be rules around how rest is handled in terms of maybe calling it out earlier on in the week as opposed to right before tip-off. Mm-hmm. But do we have an issue? And the question is, do I have an issue with people, uh, players resting? No. I have no issue with players resting. In fact, you have players resting on the bench all season. They're called bench warmers. So if your star <laughs> players wants to take a day to rest, what's wrong with that? You know, let someone else do the work. Like, they're earning a paycheck, too. Let them go on the court and do some work. So I don't have an issue with that per se. What I, Like I said, what I do have an issue with is, one, right before tip-off, oh, yeah, LeBron's not playing today. Oh, why? Oh, he's resting. He's tired. Mm. That's not an excuse. And the other thing is, do all three of your major stars have to rest on the same night? Can you stagger it? Right. If you stagger it, then it doesn't seem like a big deal. So, you know, that's how I feel about it. I think there's a better way to handle it. But in terms of just resting, I don't see anything wrong with that. Hmm. I think I have a problem with rest in general, personally. And before you say anything, I'm not trying to be like one of these old heads. It's like, you know, back in my day when I was watching basketball in the 80s or the 90s, ain't nobody rested. I'm not I'm not coming from that angle. You know, I understand that there is a lot more information in the NBA, in the game, in the sport right now. Sports science is something that's real and can have real long-lasting benefits for players' careers and even their quality of life after they finish the NBA. And I appreciate that and I applaud it. Where I have the issue is 
the way rest is used in the NBA. Take, for instance, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They decided to rest their players. They knew before this week, they knew before this month, that they had this game against the Clippers, and they knew it was going to be nationally televised. There were a lot of things that they could have done differently to avoid having to rest all three stars. Like you said, resting all three is unforgivable. But even resting any of them may not have been necessary. You know, LeBron James is in his 14th season and is second in the league in minutes per game. He's 32 years old and has already played more minutes in his career than Michael Jordan. Now, you tell me the sports... The sports science team looked and they looked at his minutes, they looked at his usage, and they were like, no, you have to rest him tonight. Okay, fine. But where was that same sports science team this whole season as Tyron Lue's been playing him 38 minutes per game the entire season? Where was this sports science team when they were basically having him play 40 minutes in consecutive games and they they didn't decide, you know, well, maybe we should get a small forward that can spell LeBron at least a good 15 minutes a night. Where has they that been all it. season? Where has that been all season? What, I agree. Where, where has it been? That, that should have been there. But, you know, I mean, there's other stuff at play there at the same time. There is. But, but you know, but that's why I'm saying you can't tell me that LeBron had to rest this night when you've been playing him so much every single game this year. And, you know, I get it. LeBron, he plays so many games. He, he's he been kind of an Iron Man in this league. But at the same time, if he was playing maybe 34 minutes, 33 minutes on average this season, would he be hitting a point where he needs to sit out in the whole game? Probably not. When you when you're blowing out a team and maybe you only need him for 15, 20 minutes, only play him the fifteen to twenty minutes. And I juxtapose this to a team like Oklahoma City. There have been games where Russ hasn't even cal- hit the thirty minute mark. And this is a team that needs him even more than the Cavs need LeBron. He's gotten several triple doubles in under 30 minutes this season because... I think it was 11, right? 11? Yeah. So once they've, once they've locked up a victory, the coach is like, all right, you're out. And he also needs to, he also needs to try and figure out ways for this, the other guys on this team to figure out how to play and succeed when Westbrook's not on the court. So sitting him out actually serves a benefit. So he wrestles rest, he him that way. You know, last year when the Warriors were on this 73-game um, push, I'm, I'm trying to remember how many games Curry just sat out because of rest, which they didn't need to because they would blow a team out, and Curry just wouldn't play the fourth quarter at all. So he only, he only had like 25, 28 minutes in that game. And then you saved his legs for other games that later on in that season. There are different ways to do it where you don't have to just sit out a guy completely for a whole game. And, you know, 
even if you have to sit out one guy like LeBron, you know what? LeBron's played 14 years. If you got to sit him out, maybe he deserves to sit out a game here and there just because he's played a long time in the NBA. Kyrie Irving is 24 years old. Are we we really going to sit here and say, you know, Kyrie is just worn down? Well, why are you playing him 35 minutes every game then? Maybe scale his minutes back to 31, 32 and let Kay Feldman or somebody else play those minutes. You telling me they can't survive four minutes without Kyrie Irving on an average per night? That seems kind of feasible. It's not like they're blowing these teams away anyway. They're losing with Kyrie Irving playing the 38 minutes per game the way things are going right now. Yeah, things are not going too well there. So, and then the main point is the nationally televised games. To do it on a nationally televised game, me personally, that's a slap in the face to Adam Silver. It's a gesture that suggests invulnerability. You do that because you feel you're bulletproof. And I don't think that that is the proper way these teams should be doing business. Adam Silver, the league, the Players Association, they all worked very hard to work out this very lucrative billion-dollar TV deal, right? And right. The, and then this team, the team, and maybe we'll say the team because it's true that some of these players may not want to rest, but the team is telling them to rest, and I understand that. So here we have these, these GMs, these coaches, these teams, and maybe even the players themselves, who are saying, well, it, I don't care if it's a nationally televised game, we're going to rest because we feel like resting these players. And if I'm Adam Silver, I have to, I have to respond to that. I can't, I can't sit here and work out a, a deal worth billions of dollars and the teams in my league that I worked this deal out for and I put this money in their pockets are then laughing or throwing it back in my face and not putting on the court the, the guys that this contract was able to happen because of. You don't get the deal that's worth that much money unless you have a league with the LeBrons, with the Kyries, with all the superstars, with the Russell Westbrooks. And if you sit them, especially on the nationally televised games, you're telling them, Silver, you don't care about that deal. So now let me ask you, what do you do to the teams to make them play their players? I have several ideas. Number one idea. Number one idea, because this doesn't just affect the TV viewers. This also affects the fans that are actually there at the games. These tickets are not cheap. They're very expensive. And... Remember, a lot of people that go to NBA games, they're not just paying for themselves. They're bringing their kids. They're bringing their families. So imagine you got a a son or two sons or a a son and a daughter. You got multiple kids, and their favorite player is about to come to the stadium. You spend like about $400 just on tickets, and then you come, and he's not there. He's Or better yet, he's sitting on the bench drinking coffee when you came to see him play, right? Right. If if I'm Adam Silver, if I'm the league, you know how you get these guys to play? You make it that the owners have to reimburse the fans, or you have to f- comp the fans 
tickets to another game if the star players don't play? Star player or players? Doesn't matter. So if any of the star players because don't of rest, play, because of rest. Now, if you if somebody tweaked their back, somebody sprained an ankle, yeah, you can't make them play. But if the person is perfectly fine and it's just a DMP rest, no, you gotta make it. You gotta hit the owner's pockets. You know why you have to hit the owner's pockets? Because once you hit the owner's pockets, then they're gonna start questioning the GMs. Then they're gonna start questioning the coaches, and they're gonna be like, "Why is my guy that I'm paying a lot of money to not on the court this game?" And then if the teams go back to the corner and say, "Oh," Well, you know, he's played this many minutes, and this is why we have to rest him. You know what's a very good follow-up? How come you couldn't have worked, reworked his allotment so he didn't have to miss an entire game? Or why didn't you work it out so he didn't have to miss this nationally televised game? And then what would the GMs and the, and the coaches and the front office staffs have to say in response to that? What, what do they say? They can't say anything because it's a very legitimate question. You can't tell me if I'm an owner, if I'm Dan Gilbert, and I'm now money's going to come out of my pocket because LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love missed that Saturday night game, right? And I come to you and say, why do we have to sit all three of those guys that game? And they tell you, well, this, you know, our sports science staff, they came up with this algorithm and they showed if they rest on this night, then because of this workload they've already accrued, that it will help them down the season. Well, if I'm Dan Gilbert, I, said, I would say, well, you guys have been working with this staff the whole season. Why are these guys playing so many minutes to hit a point where they have to sit an entire game? And then what do you say back to that? Yeah, that's true. This is the whole point. You, this is the the whole re, the whole reason you have a sports science staff is not to give players days off. The whole reason you have a sports science staff is so that you can maximize your players' physical efficiency. But now that, that doesn't that, necessarily that mean missing games. That doesn't necessarily mean meaning missing games, but that also means that you have to have your staff your coaching staff agree to what they're doing because everything changes in a game scenario where you're down and you're trying to win that game and the game is within reach. And yet you're like, okay, well, my guy is sitting on the bench. Mm -hmm. Are you then going to say, all right, well, look, no sports science guy over here said, don't play you so I can win this game. And so I'm going to forfeit this game. No matter how close it is, you can't play. I'm pretty sure LeBron's not going to sit on the sidelines and let that happen. No, of course not. But, you know, that's a very specific situation. You may have one or two of those games a month. We watched the NBA. Now, it may happen that there's a consecutive amount of games in a week that are all nail biters, but it's not the same team's. It's all different teams. So that same team may be in one or two of those situations in a month. Maybe even three, right? Unless you're the Celtics, <laughs> then every game seems to be close. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, no one's expecting you to sit LeBron no matter what in an overtime game. But 
what you could say is you could look at the spreadsheet, the box scores, the schedule, and you could say, hey, I noticed we won by 20, but LeBron still played 35 minutes. Why did he still? Why did he play so many minutes if we won by 20? These are the questions that we all want to know. But now you're going to ask them and hope that they give you the answer? Well, if I'm an owner, the they have to give me the answer, especially if now if I'm facing penalties from the league and the commissioner you have to give me an answer and this is the and and i know people are saying it's too strict like silver shouldn't punish teams but that's the only way that there's gonna be any culpability for this because if you want to say oh well you know the coach is gonna play the guys however long he needs to play the guys that's the same coach that is agreeing to rest the player for a whole game so you You can't you can't have it both ways yeah but you see this goes back to what i'm saying before if the decision is to rest the players if it's just to say a scheduled day off i mean look they do the same thing in baseball they have a day off it don't matter if it's an espn game or whatever they have a day off they're just not gonna play fan came to pay the money that's what it is you know you go to a broadway play you get your playbill you open it up star roles being played up by understudy number two that's just what it is you're not gonna say oh wow Mm -hmm. i'm sorry go ahead go ahead you're not gonna say oh wow you know i wish i saw them in this case with the star players resting again i just feel like you can't you can't go in there and say i'm going to rest all of them and they try to say oh yeah they had other guys had legit injuries I'm not buying that. Let me give you this case in point. And in the case of, and this is going to lead to a bigger statement that I have. And in, in the case of that last weekend, that last Saturday's game, where they set LeBron, Kyrie, and Love against the Clippers, mm-hmm. they had, that was a back to back. And they played against, played again on Sunday night. And, they, and I think they all played. Um, yeah, and you know who they played the next night? The Lakers. The Lakers. But here's the thing I wanted to say. If you wanted to rest, hypothetically, I would have rested on that Sunday game. Because that Sunday game, not saying because the Lakers are the Lakers, nothing like that. The next game after that was on Wednesday. You would have had three to four days rest. Mm-hmm. If, you, if rest is such a big thing... To me, that would make more sense. Or you I, could say, well, we have Saturday and Sunday, but then we don't play again till Wednesday. So even if those guys too. play, even if those guys play both days, they have Tuesday, they have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before they play again. You could just hold, a, uh, you could just give them the day off Monday, no practice, you know, Let me or Tuesday, no, no practice. Whose decision do you think it ultimately came down to to not play on Saturday? I honestly do not know. I honestly do not know. Okay. Do you think, hypothetically, do you think a sports scientist came into the room and said, no, Lou, we want you to rest LeBron tonight. You have to rest him. Honestly, no, I don't think that's what happened. Do you think, what do you think happened? I think they, maybe, you know, 
maybe their front office they said you know we gotta start looking to give our guys a break coming up right and then maybe Lou said all right well you know how about I just give them all a break on this one and they were cool with it and because this is the thing and then there was you know there's the ABC game but what was the first response LeBron had when he was talk talk when he was told about that, who did he mention? Huh? Yeah, he said this is what the Spurs do. Yeah, the Spurs did yep. that. They did that on a TNT game. I remember against his team against when he was on Miami. And but then, yeah, go ahead. You get to what I want to say. Go ahead. But the Spurs got fined for that. Yeah. First and foremost, and and. The Spurs won that game. So, yeah. And Pop, you know who he sat? You know who he didn't have there? He had all his old guys not there. Duncan, Ginobili, Parker. All the young guys, Kawhi, Patty Mills, all the guys that were very pivotal in helping them win a championship were still on the court. They played. They played. So... Do you know? So yeah. So whose decision do I think it came down to to not play that game? LeBron. I think it was a LeBron decision. LeBron. Do you think he did that on purpose because of the opponent? <laughs> no, I think LeBron. LeBron. Let me find a way to say this a nice way. Uh. LeBron is a copycat. And mm. I think he saw what happened the week before and said, hmm. With the Spurs and the Warriors? I think that's not a bad idea. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rest your players, please. If they can do it, shoot, we're going to do the same thing. He rested his they, – he, they rested. And as soon as they went to LeBron, what's the first thing he does? The Spurs did it. It was actually the Warriors that did it to the Spurs and, and, that, that time. Yeah, yeah, the Warriors did it to the Spurs. I mean, that game, Kawhi didn't play. He had a concussion or something like but, that. Yeah, but he had a concussion, you know? Yeah. So the, the, the Golden State did that. LeBron does that and say, hey, we can do it too. Ultimately, I think it was a LeBron decision. I don't think Lou had anything to do with it. I think Lou was like, all right, LeBron, you know, I'm here because of you. You got it. Yeah, it kind of calls into <laughs> it kind of calls into question how much leadership or control Louis has on the team. He he got brought in because LeBron said so, and that's why David oh, Black yeah, got got let go. Uh, I I don't want to take it that route because you know it's not you just them. I know you don't. It's not just the Cavs because, like I we said, wanna... the Warriors did that. Steve Kerr was very, you know, flippant and, you know, uh, I don't know. He was just, he was very, uh, yeah, he was very flippant. Like, He's cocky. He he didn't yeah. wanna he didn't wanna concede that he was doing something he shouldn't have, and you know the the Warriors the Warriors got destroyed that game too. And see, that's the thing. That's the difference. People want to highlight a team like the Spurs, but the Spurs don't go to any game where they're resting players expecting to get blown out. They still expect to win that game. And 
they are doing it because when you look at the minutes played that they play, it's already low mm-hmm. and it's strategic. And then when they go out there, they're not laying over. Like no one went into that Cavs, that Cavs um, Clippers game thinking the Cavs are going to win. No, no even, one. Even the Cavs didn't that. think they were going to win that game. Right. No one went into the the San Antonio um, Golden State game and said, "Wow, Golden State's going to win." No, no one thought that. Mm-mm. But anytime the Spurs do it, and Pop tells you up front, "Dude, I'm going to rest my players." There's times I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest Tony Parker. Mm-hmm. Tony Parker probably is definitely not playing more than 65 games this season. Right. But he's resting guys Why? on their last legs, you know? He's resting right. guys on their, Kawhi, their last legs. And Kawhi, Kawhi might get a day two here. It's fine. No good. He's going to give everyone a breather. And it just so happened that the game that everyone remembers is that primetime game a, a few years back with, with San Antonio against the Heat. And that was like the most egregious resting your players didn't even fly in mm-hmm. on prime time. That one was bad. And I though. think <laughs> that was bad. And it was a big thing. He got fined. He said whatever. And did Pops the rest of his players? Of course he did. He did. It was like whatever. Um, I mean, the main difference is they show up on the bench if he's resting them. He's not just telling them to go back home. Right. But. And I get, I get it. I get the schedule. You know, people have a lot of complaints. There's a lot of, you know, four games and five nights or like, you know, five games and seven nights. And then there's a lot of back-to-backs, you know, and I get that. And, it, you know, and that's on the league. They're going to have to figure out how to balance that, that schedule a bit better. But at the same time, you know from when the schedule comes out that you have those games the way they're allotted. You know exactly. So it, it. it's not a surprise the week of we're like, oh, we have this, we have two games this week. Well, we gotta sit, we gotta sit our best players for at least one of those games. Yeah, I mean, if you know how your season's playing out, I think in your mind you have to already reason to yourself what days you, you're mm-hmm. gonna sit out. Um, earlier totally today, when we, when we were talking earlier today, you made you made an excellent analogy, and oh, I yeah. appreciate it. When you spoke about how you work in the office environment, if you know one day you have a day full of meetings, you're not going to call out that day. You know, I got to be here, I got to do my load. But if you had a light day and you have no meetings, then it's like, you know what? I'm tired. It's been a long day. It's Friday. I'm going to call out. I I took that a step further. You know, every, every beginning of the year in January, you look at the calendar and you say, all right, let me get my days out. I'm going to take this day off. I'm right. going to take that day off. And you just kind of already know what vacations and everything you have coming up. And so you would think that with these NBA teams, they will look. They know what games are going to be the primetime games. And so you can look and say, all right, I'm going to take this game off. I'm going to take that game off. Um, this game, I'm home. And then I'm fl- the next the that night, I'm flying out somewhere else. And like, that's too much. See, that's where I feel like I don't have problems with the resting, per se. It's just I felt like that I felt like that game when they rested on Saturday, that was a statement. I that too. wasn't rest. I, I, that wasn't that had nothing to do with rest. That was LeBron saying, "Look, let's 
take it, take it to the owners, take it to the, take it to the league. You know, we're doing all these back to backs. We're gonna sit this one out so they can know how we feel about these back to back. I mean, granted, look, he's a part of the players' association. He's mm-hmm. whatever that. So it's a statement. That's why I said. That's why I said I think who they played also factored into the decision to sit because they played the the Clippers, a good team in the Western Conference, a playoff team, a, a matchup. You know. You should want to see how you stand up against, right? And they chose to sit that game, but they all played against the Lakers. The Lakers are not playing for anything this year. In fact, they were, they were happy to lose. You, you helped them out. You're helping them keep their pick. The Lakers got everything they wanted out of that game. They got to see D'Angelo Russell go toe-to-toe with Kyrie Irving. He had 40 points to Kyrie's 46. You know, Julius Randle, all those guys, they put up numbers, and you lost. So you basically got everything you wanted. You wanted to see how they fared against top players, but you didn't want them to win either because you were trying to keep your pick. What did the Clipper? What did the Cavs get out of that game? Tell me, what did the Cavs get out of that game? Nothing. Nothing. No. Compare that with being more strategic, right? You could have said, all right, Kyrie, Kevin, Maybe you guys rest against the Clippers. Kyrie, maybe you're a little banged up. Kevin, you're still coming back from injury. Why don't you rest this night? LeBron, you play against the Clippers so that we can we can still see how we fare up as long as we run our system, which is centered around you. And then Sunday, all right, Kyrie, Kevin, you're playing because we need to see how you guys do without LeBron. And this is a good test to see if you can be successful without LeBron. Doesn't that is that's resting, but also getting something out of it, and that's the thing I don't see happening with a lot of these these rests. The way these teams are using rest, like when the Warriors sat all all their guys against the Spurs, I don't understand what they got out of that. First of all, you're having a very difficult month, especially after KD got injured. You haven't put any form of consistent success together since you lost him, and then you decide to just forfeit a game by resting all your other players against a team that's hot on your heels for the number one seed. I don't understand the strategy in that. And I un- I don't understand the message you're sending to your players and to your fans by doing that. They're not sending any message to the fans. The f- the, these fans, Well, they may not be intending these... to, but you are whether you think you are or not. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's not that they're not sending a message. Let me take that back. They don't care. Which is the they, problem. And that's why I problem. feel like it's an insult to to Adam Silver and to the league. Because you're telling him, like you said, that you don't care. And you're telling him that you don't care about something that the league worked very hard to obtain. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember this. I remember it was like 1992. One time I got in front of my TV and... I remember when I got the TV guide, I would circle all the Chicago Bulls games because right, I was going right. to be on TV. And it was just one day, it was Chicago versus San Antonio. And and before the game, they said Michael Jordan wasn't playing because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to, I mean, I, I, I tried to watch it, but it just wasn't interesting. It was like, because it's not Jordan. You know, Jordan's not playing. It's like exactly. 1993. He's not there. So why am I watching this? And so that's kind of how I feel about these guys going out there 
you know, you're thinking your guy's going to play, you're wearing the jerseys. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of cases, these guys are going there wanting to see LeBron. You know, I remember going to I remember going to Nets games and not caring about the Nets per se. Um, I wanted to see who they were going against. You know, so that's kind of what it is. You know, so yeah. I mean, I used to do the same thing. I used to go to the Nets games so I could see Kobe play. You know, and yeah. imagine imagine if Kobe was just like, "No, nah, I'm resting tonight," and then I spent that money, went all the way over to the stadium, and he wasn't there. Right? It's frustrating. It is, I, and that's where I feel like. You know, kind of keep be upfront with the fans. You know, if if there's a situation where you are going to rest, you know, I, I appreciate just a heads up. I and, and not a heads up when I'm getting to the stadium and I'm there and I'm at, looking at shoot around and I see the, my player on a sideline, mm-hmm. you know, in street clothes, laughing, as you say, drinking coffee. Then I'm like, dude, like, what's your problem? What's wrong with you? Why something wrong with your legs? Like, why are you not playing? And right. it's like, nah, he, he's resting. He's resting, really. And you know, these guys are not gonna come in and play just 20 minutes in the game and rest the rest of the game because it's gonna mess up their averages. So that's, that's not what the they're problem. Gonna try. See, yeah, it's the problem too. Nobody wants to mess up their numbers. And I understand, oh, yeah. you know, and I understand that it's a tough. It's a tough sport to play. It's it's hard on the body, but there's also so many things at their disposal that people before them didn't have. Like yes, the league is smarter. The teams are smarter. They have all these guys that deal with sports science and understand what the the number of minutes can do to your body. But they also do other things like install. F- you know, machinery, equipment, and facilities that give your that greatly improve your recovery from game to game. You know, they got these hyperbaric chambers. They have these. Um, they they know the proper way to massage the muscles. Now they they got these guys on these diets where they they don't feel lethargic anymore. They're they're in the best shape they could possibly be in. So they're doing all that too. They're doing and all that. And then they're don't resting. Forget about the, don't forget about the sneakers, too. I mean, you got these sneakers right. that they're using right now. I mean, the, the sneakers feel like air on your feet, you know? Exactly. And so they, you have all that, too, and now you're talking about rest. So you, you got to understand why some fans are like, I don't really get it. I don't understand why you have to. Because, yes, the science shows that you have to be mindful of wear and tear. But, you know, that same staff has also put in See, that's the other thing. They don't tell you about all the facilities they have in their locker rooms and their stadiums that basically make them feel like good as new the next day. But you need a rest. No, you need to rest. I don't know. So I see I see both sides of it. I see the I see the side of it when you've been on like a seven game road trip and you've played like your sixth game in the eighth or ninth night. I get that. You might want to rest somebody in between that because you're going from hotel to hotel, you know, flight to flight. As some, you don't, you want to just be precautious. But you also know what games you're playing, and you also know what you can and can't get away with. To be perfectly frank, if nobody was being flippant about the national TV games, Adam Silver would not be getting 
in anybody's face right now. He wouldn't be talking about significant penalties. If, you know, if LeBron and Kyrie and all the guys sat out the next day on Sunday against the Lakers, you think we're Adam Silver is on the line sending a message out to owners? No. You think if the if Steve Kerr didn't sit the entire starting lineup against the Spurs on a nationally televised game, that Adam Silver would be writing these messages to the owners right now? Remember, it's a message. These I know. Kerr, Kerr was sending a message. LeBron was sending a message. It had nothing to do with rest. That's why when they talked to um, Iguodala before, after the, the previous game, oh, that was game, perfect. He was like, "Who are you talking about?" Like, he was not what? happy because yeah. he's like, "Come on, I want to go at these guys. What are you talking about? We resting?" Yeah. He didn't know what was going on, and probably Kerr had to say, "Oh, okay, look, we're gonna rest because." We're playing a bunch of back-to-backs, and I have to send a message. That's how I felt. That's how I took it. I didn't think it had anything to do with rest. No, it you didn't. Know, Kerr was just trying to be cute. He was trying to be cute. He, he tried to be cute, and being cute is what lost in the NBA Finals last year. Mm-hmm. And LeBron was probably doing more of like a political message, like you were saying. He was trying – you know, as somebody who has a lot of power in the Players Association – he he was trying to make a point, perhaps, about the back-to-backs and the schedule and things like that. But at the same time, it's like, you have to know, you have to know, you have to pick your battles, I would say. You know, you're, you're getting more money than ever, right? You fought for that. You, Chris mm-hmm. Paul, all those guys. You fought to make sure that the superstars got the cut they deserved, right? So the the middle mm-hmm. the middle player, they you know they they their their pay kind of took a backseat to what you guys got, and now the superstars are getting more incentives for being superstars. But right. if you ask more, more should be respect, more should be expected of you, right? If you feel like, oh, right. we bring in all this money, we're the reason fans are in the seats, we're the reason you have this billion-dollar TV deal, so then we should clearly, far and above, make more money than the other players on the team, fine. Well, then you can't be talking about rest on nationally televised games. What, kind, what is your message? What is your leg to stand on? You said, as a superstar, you're the whole reason anyone comes to the games, you're the whole reason anyone has these billion-dollar TV deals, and then you choose to spit in the face of that argument by resting. Yep. And that's why, me personally, I have a problem with it. I have a problem with the whole concept of rest because it's not... I feel like there's a facade of... The sports. I feel there's the facade of sports science and longevity being thrown out just for when certain players maybe just don't want to play, or when a team wants to maybe hide their cards and be coy against a competitor, which was what I kind of think the Warriors were trying to do that game against the Spurs, because Pop did certain things like that against them last year or two years ago as well, if you remember. But again, here's the difference. Pop sat down Duncan, and people thought, oh, they're, they're hiding their cars. They don't want to show Warriors their best yet. 
But then it actually turned out, well, maybe he was sitting Duncan just because Duncan just wasn't a good fit to play against that team. Oh, yeah, because he can't play with that with that, that speed, that up-tempo. Yeah, because he was, like, what, on his 20th season, 21st season, he, he had one he had one good knee as it, as it stood at that point. And he was – it wasn't like Duncan was the only guy on their team. The better players at that point played Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge, etc., so again, it, it it goes it all goes back to the reason why you're resting players. When when a player like Popovich rests players, he's always getting something out of it. Either he's either he's hiding maybe a weakness in his team, like I think is what he was doing by sitting out Duncan in those games against the Warriors, or he's preparing for the battle ahead in the playoffs. And he said and he says, you know what, role player X, role player Y. Role player Z, I need them to get to know what it's like to be a starter, and when they have to be relied upon to get points, so that when we're in the playoffs, and the pressure's way intensified, they're gonna be ready for that moment. Because being a role player and playing like 10, 10 15 minutes in a playoff game is about the equivalent to being a starter in the regular season in terms of like expectations and pressure. So right. he he was he's always getting something of value for himself and for his team because now he learned something with that decision he did and now his players learn something too. His players say, oh, you know what, I can handle this or you know what, I need to do this better because this is where I got exposed with, with the extra playing time. You know, whereas the Cavs and the Curs, the Cavs and the Warriors, they they were just trying to be cute and they were trying to send messages, but they weren't doing anything productive with that rest. Cause like I said, if the Cavs wanted to be productive, they would have perhaps played LeBron against the Clippers and then let Kyrie and Love play the next game against the Lakers, so that they can learn how to win without LeBron. Cause they don't know how to do that yet. They don't. They don't. That's the that's the problem. The problem is. He's the team. Right. And I don't want to say it like that, but, but they he have is. to come to... He is. Yeah, okay. He is. <laughs> I didn't want to say it that way, but... I'm sorry, but... Yeah, I, I didn't mean, mean... the way you're going to say it. There is. I mean, there isn't because, yeah, Kyrie hit some big shots in the finals. But he's able to do that playing alongside LeBron. And it does not benefit the future of that franchise if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love don't know how to win games without LeBron because you know what LeBron's not playing forever well you saw what happened when LeBron left the Clippers the, the Cavs before right so and if you so don't want that to happen again big. you need your younger players to learn how to win it's just as simple as that so I don't know it's I think it is an issue because of like what you said, like the way they're trying to send messages. I think that's an issue in itself. And that's where I was talking about this, that I felt like this was a gesture to s- symbolize their their invulnerability. The fact that they feel bulletproof because you can only do something like that when you feel like there are no there's no way you can have any consequences for your actions oh yeah oh yeah absolutely because i think 
right now they know that there's nothing that Silver, they feel like there's nothing that Silver can do. And they think of it as a fine, it's no big deal. But that goes back to sending that message. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you, you're getting money, the owners are getting money. You know, we control this. Right. And you give us these back-to-backs, we, we're going to rest. It, it's not the way it used to be. You know, no. before, there weren't all these conversations about owners and players and player, player association and TV deals. There weren't all those conversations, but things have changed. Now, we are at a time where these players have gotten smarter. They have brands. They have people. They have people in their corner. And they're getting more money than they've ever received before. So, right now, people, these players are have the the say mm-hmm. not saying they have the upper hand per se but the league knows they need them silver's in a tough spot because he's gonna have to come down hard do you go down hard on the players the coaches the owners you know immediately i would say the owners i, I think it has then, to be the owners i think that's the, own, the only yeah. way it changes honestly and the owners have to then go hard on the team and say look guys Y'all can't rest your players. And if y'all going to rest your players, you have to let me know when. I don't think and owners would have a problem with that, especially if the owners are the ones seeing the, the penalty or paying the price for those decisions. Because like I said, once you start penalizing the owners, the owners are going to ask serious questions about their staff. And, right. and whether they have a good answer or not is going to determine what happens moving forward. If anything, I think the penalties would be good because I think it would it would make teams give all of this sports science stuff a more profound look. They would look at it, they would stop being so surface level with it, perfunctory, and they would actually f- build a strategy, a philosophy, and, and a guideline on how they would use it. And if those questions are in place, it would avoid games like we just saw where players rest. If you know, oh, these games, we cannot rest people no matter what because it's going to affect the owner, and if it affects the owner, it affects us. If it got to the point where, you know what, if we keep causing a penalty for the owner, he's going to get rid of us and find another sports science team that won't cause him to get penalized and they're going to start thinking of ways that they won't have to rest the players you see that's why i feel like you need it because these guys can figure that out i'm telling you they can figure it out the same way they can figure it out if they're open if they're open open for it if they're open for it and if they have incentive to and i think the owners being penalized is going to create incentive everywhere because there is one thing owners do not like and it's losing money of course, they they know how to make money. That's they're I mean, businessmen they first and foremost. Yeah, that they, first of all, they're businessmen. They have the teams, but then they also trying to find ways to get revenue from the stadium. Mm-hmm. Why do you think the Spurs are on ta- on the road for such long periods of time because of the rodeo and right. these stadiums are preoccupied with you know Disney on Ice and the circus, right? Because they want to use that to make money and. 
And honestly, that's probably part of the reason why there's so many long stretches of road games and back-to-backs because of how the stadium is being used, concerts and whatnot. Really, a lot of time you think about it, um, the these other things, these other avenues really takes precedent over this actual sport. Because before the season, those are the things that are first mentioned. Okay, what you know, what dates do you have for concerts? Well, this date, this date, this date. What date do you have the circus? This date, this date. Okay, so now let's make a schedule around that. So, I mean, that could be part of the thing, but really, they're business, like you said, they're businessmen. Any way they can get revenue from that stadium, they know they're going to get 41 games in that stadium, plus playoffs, plus preseason. They're businessmen. They don't, they just want to make money. So you said, if you attack their pockets, they'll respond. Right. And if they, once they respond, their team has to respond. And you'll be amazed how much smarter everyone gets when they don't want to lose their job. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> You know what I mean? So the front office staff, the sports science teams, the coaches, you you would see you would be astounded about how creative this whole process will become and how all the different ways they could find to avoid having a player miss an entire game once once there's uh real consequences on the line and oh, that's yeah, my people point people figure it out and that's that's my and to me that's my main point about rest you're trying to tell me oh if we don't rest this guy, you know, he, he might have a shorter career. Which I find hypocritical because you're burning these guys out. You're playing them like 40 minutes a game. And then you're talking about, okay, we can play them 40 minutes every night as long as we rest them this one game in the month. How is how is that equivalent? I don't understand that personally. Whereas if you found a way to build... A proper roster you found you built your roster in a way to give your key players the rest they need then you you can have everyone in a better position for the whole for the entirety of the season and you have to and if a coach wants to keep using his starters even though they're up by 20 points well you know what find a coach that won't do that I agree because that has happened that that's what happened to Thibodeau he got fired from the Bulls because he didn't want to. He didn't want to pull back on the minutes, and he kept fighting with the with the trainers and everyone else when they when they were trying to tell him, you know, Joakim Noah needs to play less minutes. This guy needs to play less minutes. I mean, you look at those guys from that Thibodeau era, like Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, Luol Deng. Their bodies have betrayed them severely, and yeah, none of them are at an age where they should be ready to retire. None of those guys are at an age where they should be thinking about retirement, but especially Dang and, and Noah, like they they just can't do it anymore. And no. so that's the other end of it, which everyone's trying to avoid, and I get that. But there's there's a there's a balance in between playing players, you know, forty five minutes, forty forty five minutes, and then just you know resting them just on a whim there, there has to be a balance in there and teams are gonna have to find it and it is 
it seems like they're going to need to put penalties in place for them to find it because common sense would have told you you don't sit your stars on a nationally televised game. Like That just seems like common sense in general. Especially when most of these nationally televised games are against another strong team, you would think you would think that team would want to field their best roster against that team, especially when that other team is playing their best players too. That's the other thing that that cracks me up is like the other team is still playing their best players. Why are you resting yours? To send a message. I know, but. There's so many other messages that you need to send other than whatever that is. You need to send the message that, you know, we're the best team in the league. You need to send a message like our star players are better than this team's star players. It, it's more beneficial to play your guys in a game like that. It's more beneficial for everybody. It's more beneficial for the stars because if they win, they get more notoriety. Everyone talks about the great performance they had against another very good team. It's beneficial for your bottom line because the fans will be happy with that. They'll stay engaged. They'll come to the games. And it's beneficial because the league will be happy that you gave a good show on a nationally televised game. There's so many, there's so many more pros than there are cons to, to playing your star players in games like that. Yeah. It's there. But now, I'm curious to see how people act. Is there going to be some change to the way things are being done today? That's the question that we have to wait and see. Well, let's see if Silver is sincere about these penalties, or did he throw that out there to get everybody in the room, and then he's going to say behind closed doors, hey, play your guys on the national. Just kidding. Just play your guys on the nationally televised games, all right? And then all the oldest go, okay, okay, you're right. And then they all go about their business. And you know what? If they do that, like, this talk stops. They're like, come on, you're making me look bad. Exactly. Don't do this to me anymore. Exactly. And he should at least say that, if nothing else. I think he's well within his rights as a commissioner to do that. So we'll see. I think that's going to be the furthest this goes. But if he does that and then another team or these same teams do it again, then I think you're going to have to – then I think Silver's going to drop the hammer because then you're just not showing him any respect. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the thing that we have to see. If he says whatever he says and Silver actually goes and puts his foot down, do they respond and give him the respect to say, all right, look, He's not tolerating this anymore, so y'all better step step it up. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they're challenging him as it is with the way they, they're doing this. And he has to retaliate. I know some people say, oh, he shouldn't step in. This isn't a big deal. But he he has to as a commissioner. He has to, I think, in this respect. He has respect. to step in. He has, he has to. to. Because I, at first I said, at first I was at the mindset that he shouldn't, but... You are touching the money. Yeah. You are touching the money. Saturday and was the so, lowest rated sports game in in how long, I think? But it had a really bad rating. I know that. It it was uh it was almost historical how bad that rating was. 
So if you want to rest your po- so again, if you, I feel like if you want to rest your players, fine. Put some rules behind it. Yeah. You know, is it is it is it the national televised game? Is that where you're gonna say you don't rest your players? It has to at least start there, I think. Start there. It has to at least start there. You know, there. I think there also has to be some kind of maybe forty-eight hour notice. Of when you are going to arrest a player. Because you have to give. You know. Because people may buy the tickets. They may choose not to buy those tickets now. And if somebody who had bought the ticket in advance. At least give them some kind of time window. To maybe pass on that ticket. Find something to do with it. If they don't want to go. You know. Or at least if they still go. They say well you know what. I paid my ticket. I'm still going to go. Because. I'm gonna go check out the game, and at least they know that beforehand. But they're still gonna go to the game. A lot of them will, unless they can find somebody that wants to to take the ticket off their hand, or you know they put it on SeatGeek or something, and they make some money back on it. But a lot of them will still go. I think if I had a ticket and I found out 48 hours a player wasn't playing, I would be bummed, but I would still go because at least I knew beforehand. It's similar to like if you bought a ticket and the guy like twisted his knee the game before you know and it stinks but it's like what can you do right at least you know beforehand and i have to stop what i'm doing right now because i just got a notification that devin booker scored 70 points i just saw that too i was waiting for you to stop so i could say it wow okay i mean they lost but wow 70 points that's kind of crazy that is crazy kind of puts him in a whole nother bracket of what you expect from him moving forward. 70 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, and a block. Oh my goodness. Ridiculous. Wow. What what were his percentages like? Let me... See, you can't score 70 points if you rest. There's no way. That's the point of the story, ladies and gentlemen. That's the point right there. (laughs) You can't score 70 points if you rest. That that's if just rest, an absolute. <laughs> if you rest, you cannot score seventy points. He was twenty-one for forty. It's not bad. Seventy points and forty shots. It's not bad. I mean, his arms are going to be tired. Maybe and he'll rest the next game. <laughs> in forty-five minutes. In forty-five minutes. Oh my goodness. I mean. I mean, look at the starting lineup. Chris, Jones, Len, and Eulis. Man, yeah. that That's the youngest uh, starting lineup in NBA history. Yeah. They're, yeah. Uh, they're younger than some of the college teams playing tonight. See, so why are we not mad at them? They're resting their players. They're resting Bledsoe and Knight and Chandler. Why are we not talking about the Suns? Because they're tanking. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Uh-huh. I mean, Lakers do that too. They just told Mozgov and Dang, like, you're not playing anymore. But that's not rest. That's just, well, we don't think you're the best You're the best guys to put on the court anymore, so we're not going to put you. You're that's not different. The, you're not the best guys to put on the court based off our new direction of tanking. So, But it's like the gonna... same with best bench warmers. You said, like, bench warmers. Bench warmers <laughs> are on the 
bench not because they need to get rested it's because they didn't do anything in practice to show they earned minutes so or the coach just doesn't see any use for them so it's not like they're choosing to sit sit down and not play but yeah so wow so shout, wow. shout to out go. to Devin Booker man yeah I mean the thing that the whole team took 86 shots and he took 40 of them oh man Wow. <laughs> that wow. That's an amazing. That's an amazing accomplishment. Kobe Kobe is proud right now. Devin Booker. Co- yes, he's like looking and saying, "That's exact. That's my guy right there." But you know what he is saying? Why'd you have to go for the six assists? If you had made six, if you had took exactly. six more shots instead of getting those six assists, you might have had the eighty no, points. Sur- <laughs> now I'm surprised that came from you because usually you'll be like, "Oh no, you know he don't worry about the passing and don't talk, don't take those kind of shots at Kobe." But now he's retired; it's all good. It's all equal opportunity. Listen, Kobe was a great player. He wasn't the ball hog people said he was, but when he had a chance to drop 80 points, he didn't pass up on it, and I don't think he should have. Did you see that team? That was playing around him when he got 81 points. I wouldn't have passed the ball either. Who was playing on that team at that Smush time? Smush Parker. Smush Parker. Kwame Brown. Do I need oh, to continue? Nah. I, save, <laughs> save the vomit that's about to come out. This is stop. Exactly. Exactly. So, that's my point about Kobe. When he was on good teams, he passed the ball. He, he what did he finish with? Somewhere between four and five assists per game for his career. That's not ball hog numbers. That's bailout numbers. Mm, nah, that's triangle. Uh, that's the triangle numbers. That's what that is. And that's true. The triangle. Oh, the triangle. <laughs> now, have, it seems like we've mentioned Phil Jackson or the triangle or the Knicks in like every podcast up to this point. And we were so close to making it without mentioning them at all. Oh, man. Did we? I don't think we mentioned them last couple of pods. We I, didn't? No, I don't think we did. There wasn't much to say. We got tired of it. Yeah, there's just a sinking ship. Yeah, I mean, I mean so... Yeah, that was my point about Kobe. Devin Booker, the torch, the Kobe torch has been passed to you. Honor it well. Until next game. 70 points. Man, that just sticks out, man. Can't get over it now. Wish I saw that game. But what I am going to do is I'm going to finish watching this Kentucky-UCLA game. So... Gonna say goodnight, everybody. Once again, this is Calvin. You can find me on Twitter at Caldan384. As always, you can find Leif at LDB Creations. We are coming to you from the Sideline Reporter. Go follow us on Twitter at DSL Reporter. And if you enjoy this podcast, as I'm sure you do, you you know where to find us. You can find us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Stitcher. And you can find us on Google Play. And if you're into just going to the source of the information, you can always go to dslreporter.com where we post all of our episodes there as well. So just want to take 
this time to thank Leif for talking with me this evening. It was a great time. Yeah, it's always a it's always a pleasure. Yeah, and it was good. We didn't agree on everything, and I thought we had a very nice, healthy, robust dialogue this evening. Yeah, we're still friends. We're still friends. We're still friends. I think we'll talk about it after. Anyway, <laughs> so just want to just want to say good night to everybody and thanks for listening. Take it easy.